going on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! The tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. And it made me go a little bonkers. Baby, if I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi. Welcome to the hot box. We're going to do something a little different right now. We got a bunch of interviews piling up, so I'm going to just string them all along, and you guys can listen to the ones you want, fast forward the ones you don't. I definitely recommend listening to all of them because they're all pretty cool stuff. Uh, we'll start out with Talon giving us an update on what's going on in Montana uh, in regards to the ballot initiatives that passed and those that did not get on the ballot. Uh, and then we'll go into an interview with Vaporous. Uh, they're a group making some cool carts and vape stuff. Uh, that we met at the Imperious Expo. Uh, right after that, we'll get into the Grow for Vets interview, uh, followed by CBD extracts, and then, of course, uh, my favorite interview uh, with Charlotte Green at the end. So, hope you guys enjoy it. Hotboxpodcast.com. Uh, you can check all that stuff out, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. Matt Lee, Hotbox, Hotboxpodcast.com, here live on location with our good friend Taylor. Uh, how you doing, Taylor? Doing really good, man. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened since we talked last, and uh, kind of want to get you guys up to date on on uh, what's going on and what is potentially can happen here in the state of Montana. That's right. If if you remember last we spoke, there were a couple. Uh, one initiative that was trying to make a constitutional amendment for Montana to allow recreational sales, basically just adding uh, along with alcohol and cannabis and marijuana, right there. Um, so that was one, and then the NTCIA was on the verge of releasing their uh, initiative. And so here we are, fast forward, probably it's been like three months, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think it's been three um, or four months. So all of the, the pavement has been pounded, and the signatures have been gathered, and we have some numbers uh, as far as which ones passed and which ones didn't. And of course, we're still waiting. Uh, you were saying they have until the 20th, which is, as of right now, it's the 18th right now, July 18th. Uh, so they have two more days to get the rest of their signatures tallied. Uh, they had to have them in by the 15th? Uh, they, they had to have them into uh, the individual county offices by, or no, the county offices had to have them in by the 15th. Right. They all had to be turned in by the 15th of last month to the respective county offices. Right. County offices had a month to verify them and get them into the Secretary of State. Secretary of State had to have them by the 15th and now the 20th in two days is when the Secretary of State will have their final numbers. Excellent. So as of right now, we know that the MTCIA initiative, what was the number on that? They passed. Yeah, the MTCIA initiative, it was really quite impressive. I mean, in, in a matter of a little over, uh, you know, 40 days, uh, the MTCIA was able to uh, gather for I-182 um, more than enough signatures for it to qualify. As a matter of fact, uh, right now, the Secretary of State's uh, office has 26,688 of the 24,000 signatures that they needed. Um, they qualified in 49 of the 34 legislative districts that they needed wow. as well, which is incredible. So they qualified in almost half of the legislative districts in this state, which is quite impressive. And that's counter to what the opposition is saying, that this isn't what Montanans want. It's like, well, let's look at the signature counts first. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and, and so and that was a matter of, that was a coordinated effort in a very short amount of time and they qualified in half of the legislative districts. If they would have had, say, you know, eight months like Steve Zabawa and his initiative mm -hmm. to gather signatures, I'm sure that they would have gathered, gathered enough signatures to qualify in every legislative house yep. district that we have in Montana. Um, and, uh, and with numbers that have, would have just blown away uh, the numbers that, that Steve Zabawa has collected. So um, his initiative, which would have outlawed medical marijuana here in the state of Montana. Which you may not know that if you were speaking to some of the, the gatherers out there. You may have thought he was trying to outlaw meth, perhaps, heroin, sure, uh, sure. anything like that. Anything but marijuana, which is interesting. Well, you know, his signature gatherers were using all kinds of methods 
to uh, to trick people into signing his his initiative. I mean, they basically they he were would, cold selling. They, I, I saw some posts. People were like, "I was getting sold a car, but there was no car." Right. It was well, he is a car salesman, and so you know that's kind of same his, tactics. His, so that's interesting to unroll those tactics in this sort of political game. Absolutely, and so you know he would tell people. This is a measure to keep illegal drugs out of Montana. If you want to keep methamphetamine and heroin out of Montana, sign this, sign this initiative, and then we'll be able to vote on it in November. Well, the funny thing about that is that he even admitted on a radio program mm. methamphetamine is a Schedule II drug. Right. So his initiative would not have even kept methamphetamine illegal in the state of Montana. Yep. It was designed strictly and specifically to go after medical marijuana and to keep medical marijuana illegal in Montana. Now, his signature gathers would tell you that medical marijuana is already legal in Montana, that you can already get it with a prescription. They were referring to drugs like uh, Cisamet and Sadanox, yeah, yeah. yeah, and Marinol, yeah. and, and all these types of things. Not the plant cannabis medical marijuana that 12,000 people here in the state of Montana successfully use with no ill side effects, yep. with no danger. Um, and and so, that's the difference between like full spectrum and one synthetic cannabinoid in a pill, basically. Like right. you're you're not getting it. And I've I've talked to many medical patients that were prescribed this, uh, namely for MS, the one that comes to mind right now. And she threw them away. <laughs> and I'm like, those are kind of expensive. She's like, no, but they're garbage. Just let me smoke my joint and I'll be fine. Right, and it, it it's so like clear when you look at people like that that are legitimately using it for medical purposes that like you do need the whole plant or at least more out of the plant than just that one cannabinoid or that one synthesized cannabinoid in, in I think, You know, I think that I think that Sativax and, and, and those types of things um, have good intentions. However, they're just one single cannabinoid. And right. I think that it's the concert of cannabinoids working together in plant cannabis that make it such an effective and therapeutic substance. Yep. And, and, and it's, that's the reason why we have so many different strains, because those strains combine those different cannabinoids and terpenes in many different ways in order to be able to give people the effects that they need to therapeutically treat whatever it is that yep. they're treating. And each person's different. So you have as many varied endocannabinoid systems basically as you do strains, it seems sure. like. It's, it's really interesting to kind of think of it that way. So basically Zabawa would gloss over all of that. And there's good science behind it all. Because, yeah. But he, he would say that, you know, that that's, it's not necessary and it's dangerous and different things like that. Uh, Mr. Zabawa... Scaring people, basically. Scaring people. just wanted to scare people, you yeah. into signing his, that petition. Well, he's the single voice of cannabis prohibition here in the state of right. Montana. If you talk to members of the legislature, they would tell you it's not what the people want. However, that's really not the truth. The truth is there is a single man, a single individual, who leads the prohibition of cannabis here in the state of Montana. His name is Steve Zabawa, and he spent $100,000 of his own money out of his own pocket to try and keep medical marijuana illegal here in the state of Montana. Now, the good news is, is that as of today, which is the 18th, there are, of course, two more days mm -hmm. that the Secretary of State could put numbers up, but it looks like his initiative has not qualified for the ballot. Um, he only has 20,000 of 24,000 signatures needed, and he's only qualified in 33 of 34 districts. Um, so right now he's only qualified in 33 districts, and he had eight months to gather signatures uh, versus I-170 or I-182, which you know is qualified in, in 50 house districts, 49 house districts, right? Um, so in, that in just 40 days. Tell you that whatever information these people are receiving, as far as your constituency does not want medical cannabis in Montana, like these numbers completely go off. Disagree with to that? that. Yeah. yeah. So somebody's lying to you. Well, I don't know if that's somebody you hired or <laughs> what. You know, I think I think that Mr. Zabawa has uh, has motives. Whatever his motives are, whether or not it's uh, based in his ego, whether it's based on financial, a hundred thousand uh, dollar ego. 
Well, you never know. That's I mean, so much money for an ego to be like, it oh, really man. is. <laughs> Which makes it concerning to me right. that if it is just his ego and he was willing to spend a hundred thousand right. dollars, that's oh, really man. the sign of an individual that's not very well. Yeah. Now, it would make more sense if it if he had fiscal or financial interests and he was trying to protect you look them at that, with that as an investment dollars. rather than oh, this is just something I'm going to do because my ego said I should. It's exactly. Like there's going to be a return at some point. On, on this hundred grand. So, you know, basically, if you look at it from a rational perspective, he either has an incredibly unhealthy ego that he's needed to, uh, that he's needed to feed with this money to try and push his agenda. Since 04. Right. Since 04 as well, too. This isn't his first time doing this. Or he has some kind of a financial uh, incentive that he's trying to protect right. keeping marijuana, medical marijuana, illegal. And, and it has to be, because what else would motivate somebody to do that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically we're, we're looking at uh, the, the very real possibility that his initiative will not qualify. However, you know, he still donates very heavily to, uh, to certain politicians mm-hmm. here within the state, the Montana GOP. When we know he's and, on the board on uh, Ryan Zinke's medical yes. committee board that he, he, he formed. He actually, uh, he actually donated quite a bit of money to... Uh, to, to Ryan Zinke in order to be on Ryan Zinke's medical advisory board. Now, this is a medical advisory board that advises uh, Mr. Zinke on different medical uh, issues here in the state sure, of Montana. Sure, The pill S- epidemic, perhaps. Yeah, things, the- things of that nature. Anything <laughs> yeah. that's medically related that's going on in Montana. Now, Steve Zabawa is the only non-medical professional that sits on this board. He's mm-hmm. a car salesman. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of medical... Uh, you know, insight he has or, you know, professional input he Mr. Zinke just wants someone that's in there in touch with the people. I mean, the people <laughs> buy used cars, right? Yeah. So who who do we talk to that really knows the people? Because the people are going to give you good medical advice, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or I a always, doctor. Whenever I get sick, I always take to, to the Facebook and I'm like, hey, here's my ailments. Hit me. What's, yeah. What do I got? And you know here's, what? It's, it's always cancer. Yeah, it's and, always cancer. And I, I don't have cancer, you guys. It was just a cold. <laughs> so, um, so you know, we're 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 wondering what's going to be happening with all of this. Is Ryan Zinke going to kind of see the writing on the wall mm. and remove Zabawa from from this board? Um, because Zabawa's really only real reason for being on that board is the money that he donated, and he donated that money in order to further his prohibition of marijuana. If you think about it, that's a detriment to the people that board serves. If you have a seat and you have a certain amount of seats and one of those seats is taken up by someone that has no interest. And pushing a single agenda. Right. Like you could have someone in there that could have a good idea that could fix something. Absolutely. It it just, it seems like a waste. Or or, or somebody who is a medical professional. Who can even give a professional Shh. opinion? Yeah, <laughs> I would. Yeah, even that. So, so that's basically what happened um, with with Steve Zabawa and with uh, the MTCIA's initiatives. So, um, the other two initiatives that we had were CI one fifteen and mm-hmm. I one seventy eight. Um, now, these were a little bit different. These were grassroots efforts. CI one fifteen was a constitutional initiative, and it right. was a long shot out of the gate. Um, I don't really think that there has been any history of a constitutional initiative making it on the ballot without a professional company right. being involved. And there's there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, a constitutional initiative needs almost 50,000 signatures to qualify to be on the ballot. That's double, basically, what the, yeah. these ballot initiatives were needing. So it's, it's twice wow. of what a regular ballot initiative needs. Um, and you really need to have... When you're collecting that many signatures, uh, uh, very well uh, a thought out, and, and a protocol yeah. so that you know that okay, we've worked, we've collected in these amount of districts, then we can focus our resources in these other districts, and 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 to have a log and keep good track of the way things are right. going and all of that. You really, you really do need to have a professional company to do that. However, um, they made a very valiant effort. And CI-115 CI uh, gathered 6,600 signatures of the 48 that they needed. Um, and uh, I-178, which had more because partway through the signature gathering uh, effort, 
uh, a decision was made to stop gathering signatures on CI-115 because ah, we knew focus that on... we were not going to be able to right, get those right. signatures and focus more on I-178. And uh, that gathered almost 8,000, 7,900 wow. and some uh, signatures. And that's the 24... just on their own. That's no outside consulting help or anything like that. They gathered a third of the signatures wow. that were required to get recreational marijuana on the ballot without a professional organization involved. That is really... That's impressive if you think about it's it. It's quite impressive. The numbers aren't huge, but for what resources were put towards that, yeah. Well, so I think that the story that that tells is that, you know, they were able to gather a third of the signatures necessary to get recreational on the ballot with no professional help. Right. And in, within 40 days, they were able to qualify in half of the House districts in the state for medical. So it obviously shows that there is widespread support yeah. here for marijuana, whether it be medical or recreational within the state of Montana. What it shows there's not support for is what Steve was trying to do and just get rid of it completely. Absolutely, yeah. It, it really it should make it very, very clear to, to our legislators, um, to the you know powers that be, that this is something that the people of the state of Montana truly support. Yeah, and they support do not, it in 04. We'll it, support it again. We supported it in 04 with 62% of our electorate. Yeah. Um, you know, there were only four House districts in the whole state that voted on it by a measure of 50%, with the least being 47.1%. And so, you know, there is widespread support. And, and I'm sure that in, in the 10 years that have passed between 2004 oh, and now, absolutely. that support has only increased yeah. when we have neighboring states like Colorado, Washington, Oregon, Alaska, and even yep. Washington, D.C. legalizing. Um, over half of the states in the United States have some form of access to medical marijuana, Currently, we're going to have a whole slew more states that are going to go recreational this election cycle and also have medical. We're voting on medical in places like Arkansas, you know, and Ohio and and, and Midwest states. So um, I I really feel that the end of prohibition is coming. It's what side of history Mm -hmm. do our politicians (laughs) want to be on? Who do they want to align themselves with? Do they want to be on the right side of history of helping to end and bring about the end of the prohibition of cannabis, which has caused nothing uh, but... Uh, over incarceration and in, in an overinflated drug war. And well, and like you were talking violence. about earlier, it's made our society sick. Absolutely, it, it is. It has totally made our society sick. And you know, we we have a quarter of the world's popular, or a, a quarter of the world's prison population, with in only power. five with only five percent of the yeah. world's total population. We incarcerate more people than than places like China and Russia and you know, uh, and, and North Korea and, and Saudi Arabia. It's just, it's ridiculous, yeah. you know? It's so. unnecessary. And I do like another thing going back to Zabwa's uh, try there. It does show you that even if you do have the money, it's not always going to make you right. And that is that does remain to be seen. He may inquire as to how much 4,000 more signatures cost and just buy them, <laughs> and then they'll update the website and it'll pass. But <laughs> I, I hope that doesn't happen. But it does show you that even even if you have like a hundred grand to just blow on something as ridiculous as this, like it, it if the people don't want it, it's not gonna pass. Or you'll have to go through the back door and get it passed through other slimier means. You know? Well, you know, and that's that's the thing also that concerns me is that he was able through his money, power, mm-hmm. and influence to get the Republican Party here in the state of Montana to change their platform. In 2009, the Republican Party platform was to support medical marijuana here yep. in the state of Montana. And uh, in 2011, he, through his money and power and influence, was able to get the Montana GOP to change their platform on, on medical marijuana. And, uh, and so his corrupting influence uh, when it comes to our politicians is another story. It's infectious. Is, is sure. he going to be able to... Uh, is he going to be able to get politicians in the 2017 session to dis- to attempt to or to dismantle the law that the people will just have voted in? You know, uh, how wise is it going to be for them to go into a 2017 legislative session 
and try and take this law that, that people just voted on. And are, you know, I'm going to guess that people are going to vote by this by way more than 62% like they voted yeah. before. Um, it's polling at you know well over 67% now. I am venturing to guess that when it actually comes down to the polls, and you know, you, we can maybe look back at this yeah, in a couple definitely. of months. But I'm going to say that this is going to be passing by a measure of 72 to 75 percent in the general electorate, and um, you know, if we if it does pass by that grade of an amount, when we go into the 2017 session, you know, how wise is it going to be for our elected officials to then go against the will of something that passed by that strong right. of a number? With, the first with time, people? okay. But yeah. The second time, like, and that's what. I'm kind of curious, is it going to be a repeat of what happened last time, where the legislative selection just stalls out and doesn't get anything done because of this, all of the medical marijuana stuff happening? You know, it, it, I really wish our legislators need some science. They yeah. really, they really yeah. do, because they should watch Code of the West to start out, because some of them are on that film, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> looking not very scientific. <laughs> I, uh, I think that there's a lot of our legislators who are uh, grossly misinformed yeah. or willfully ignorant yeah. on the on the topic of, of cannabis, oh. and uh, they 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 just really don't want to look at any of the science and any of the reality of you know you look at states like Colorado and Washington and Oregon and and. and the sky hasn't fallen, and it's been nothing but a benefit. To and those we states. knew that, but we needed to let it play out so that they could see it because right. they don't believe us. And now we're there's stuff possible. Now, now, now there's plenty that. of evidence. Yeah. Now there's plenty of evidence, and the sky hasn't fallen. And so all the it's fear gotten mongering. Better. It's They've got gotten money to paint their sky whatever color they want to, like, to, for their funds. schools. Yeah. I mean, look at Colorado. Yep. The, the the people of the city of Colorado got to vote on whether or not they wanted a almost five hundred dollar tax refund yeah. each. You know, because they had collected so oh, much marijuana ours? money. Yeah. You know, and I think that the people of Colorado decided to not take it and to put it back into their school system. They need to. So you know, it's 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 incredible what because this is money, guys. That is not. It, it's already being spent in your economy. It's just being spent in a black market. Yeah, they like to say that there's fewer smokers and this whole legalization or medical thing has created more it's the same amount of smokers it's just like he like taylor said where's the money going it's either going to the black market or it's going into a fund which will then go back into the community which right. is where it should go and creating jobs within the community yeah. and not not just jobs like dispensaries and, and that kind of thing like lower end jobs like yeah. these are careers well you know and and, and and like i said not just jobs in dispensaries, like you need your butt tenders and your people yeah, to yeah. grow and everything. But you think of all of the other ancillary businesses that this is, is supporting. Construction yep. work and electricians and air conditioning people and manufacturers. Do you know how much dry ice we had to purchase <laughs> when I was working in that lab? Like there was a lot of just other things we needed that companies were starting to sell more of. You know, the, even packaging-wise, Beattie, the syringe maker, was probably completely happy that they were selling syringes to pot smokers and dabbers rather than junkies shooting opiates. Right. You know, right, they're right. like, wow, there's a whole other market there. Right? <laughs> and that, let's let's be clear about that. These are syringes to hold oil in. Right. They're These not, are they not don't have needles. They're not dispensing tips. I know people always freak out when you, like, go somewhere and, and they're not familiar with it and you pull out the Beatties and it's like, what is that gold stuff? It's like, those are dabs and there's no needles on here. They're made for dispensing. Calm down. You know, I'm sure that David Howard would have a feel. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Mr. Mister, you can get AIDS from sharing used marijuana. It's hard for me to believe that he is. It's, number one, what is used marijuana? I thought, I th that, I I thought that that was ash. I like you, you hit it through the vaporizer and then maybe you share it with your friend because he wants to cook with it and like brown it. I, I don't know. Like now we both have AIDS. Cool. Thanks. Oh God. Thanks. Everybody's got AIDS now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so it is. It's becoming so ridiculous. It's becoming a satire of itself. And I don't want people to look at the Montana legislative session and be like, oh, that's where Matt and Taylor are from. What a bunch of dumbasses. Like, look at what these guys are doing there in their session. They're not getting anything done. Their their towns need help. Like, there's so much good that can come of this if they choose to go with what the people wanted. And, and they're, that's they're, all it is. There are good people who are working tirelessly to, yeah. to, to further this and to bring this 
out of the shadows, uh, you know, because it doesn't belong there anymore. This is a legitimate industry. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's and it's a it, it's grassroots mom and pop, something that can revitalize an economy, mm-hmm. provide jobs for people, and 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 pull us out of this economic rut that we've been in yeah. for so long. It can fix know? a lot of stuff. There's like a laundry list of things that could be improved simply from the money that comes from this. Let alone your overall society being a little happier because right. we can smoke and not have to worry about going to jail over it. Yeah, absolutely. I think our battery's going to die here, but I think that'll be good okay, for cool. now. And uh, yeah, we'll revisit this again uh, once the site is updated and uh, we know for sure if Steve uh, got his votes in or not. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. Excellent. Appreciate it. Happy Taylor. Okay. And now a chat with the guys from Vapors. So we're the only U.S.-based tech company that does what we do. We used to build five-second, six-second race cars, and then we're heads. We, we used to smoke all these. We used to buy whatever, G-Pen, o, like O-Pen. And then when we're using it, we're like, man, at the end of the day, though, the product is not bad, but the hardware is kind of garbage to us. So what we did, we started creating our own atomizers, own cartridge in-house. My friend buddy just went back to school for CAD design, 3D rendering. So anything that we do, whether it be a mouthpiece, atomizer, cartridge, we all start with a 3D rendering. Nobody else does. And we also patent every design, every step that we do. We have over 16 patents to fix all the problems that's out there in the market. Just to humor me, here, breathe in through this like you're inhaling it. Now try to breathe out through it. So we put an anti-leak valve on the bottom. So, I mean, they said that the failure rate in the industry is about 6 to 8%, or like yeah. they say about 3 That's to 5%. Yeah. yeah, I personally think 6 to 8%. So, what, like, after we did a, like a set test, it's about, I think we lowered it, like the failure rate to less than 1%. We're actually adding another technology in there that's going to lower it to less than 0.4%. That's our goal. So, as soon as when somebody buys one of those cartridges, what do they do? They buy one of these 510 thread batteries. Mm-hmm. And they just put a plastic piece on it. They just smoke it just like this, right? Yeah. Problem with this is that you can't really leave it in your car because they leak. You can't really put it in your pocket because when you sit, they crack. Yeah, and the mouthpiece, yeah, and the mouthpiece falls off. So what we did was we patented this little thing. We call it the cartridge cover. It goes right over the cartridge, and you can just smoke it just like that with a glass mouthpiece. All our batteries are triple adjustable. Five clicks, 3.6. 3.9 for clear what kind of batteries are and 4.2 actually we they're all vaporous batteries we had them custom made to our products yes sir i mean that took us two years what's the um i mean we have them in 350 650 and then what is it 350 and 650 telling her we made a battery where you know how people carry those big mod batteries we kind of took that idea and put it in a 14 millimeter this size so you guys are kind of going up against like Vuber, source vapes um Dabidu, I guess. I mean, not really, because they're all Chinese. They're just a branding company. They just buy it from a Chinese trading company. They just brand it, and then they just sell it. You know, like, we don't do any of that. So you guys, like, develop We develop everything from scratch. You know, like I said, yeah. We we were their manufacturers. We have the same CNC machines that are manufactured and that we do at our design house. So every all the codes are the same. There's no other company that does what we do, you know? So, like, this is our cheapest wax pan. We call it the starter. We call this an 11 millimeter starter. This is more like a two hitter. Like you don't want to load this one up. You just yeah, want to throw a little booger in here yeah. and is just get it out of there and then just smoke it. But ceramic and what's the we do everything. We do ceramic, silica, and we also have it in quartz. Oh, cool. But the cool thing about these pans is that yes, I mean you might think this is small, but if, if you loaded this motherfucker up and oh, you yeah. hit it, you'd be like, bro, what? <laughs> like there's not, you know, there's never been a person that that shit can fuck me up. We just had a guy here like 15 minutes ago. He's like, bro, like he was just really cocky. Yeah, like we tried. <laughs> We private label anything that you see here. You can mix and match private label. Any box packaging options that you see, we could definitely do that. I mean, we're just a full in-house vaporizer. Like, like we could create a vaporizer from scratch within 30 days. You know, we could have a working prototype. Long as you bring us an idea, what the heating element is, what the cartridge system you want, what kind of battery power you want, what kind of smoke you want. example, one of our customers has the exclusive deal with Sharper Image. Mm-hmm. So he came up with a product called the Atomic Blunt. He's a designer. Yeah. Aesthetic designer, yes. not a functional designer. So he came to us and said, "Hey, bro, your shit works so fucking good. Like I can't believe it. Can you please put your guts into my housing?" So I did this for him in one week. Beautiful. And it's all magnetic. This is his exact outside shell. But I added some technology so you can scoop the wax and put it in there. Oh, I see. Okay. And this, this also has all the one-way valve technology into it. It has magnetic connectors. It just oh, snaps onto this other thing. It's keyed. Yeah, yeah. This was one week. 
He had been trying for six months to get somebody to make him something. Even in this footprint, yeah. he couldn't even get something functional. So we customize the wick and the material depending on your oil. So obviously, like when you smoke any of these wax pens, what's the one biggest problem that you have? As soon as it they liquefies, and then my girlfriend yeah. like gets them hot and then tips them over, and, and then, then you lose all your wax, right? Like y'all hold so we it up for this. ten minutes. <laughs> we took it this. We took it to the next step, and we fixed that problem. We, we, we call this the cap management system, right? It says right over the atomizer, so the wax is not going anywhere. Eventually, it will start leaking, then all you do is you just pop that open, unscrew this, scrape the wax out of there, throw it back in there, and then and throw this in a cup of alcohol, you have a brand new pen. Cool thing about this is that it also acts as a carb cap. You could close it all the way for zero drop. You could, little, you could open it up a little bit for regular, and then you could open it all the way for higher airflow. The cool thing about this is that any other vaporizer pen that you're smoking, it's kind of an open air, so you're just burning it and inhaling that, right? Well, the cool thing about this is that with the cap management system right here, the smoke comes back up, hits the plate, goes back down, and then you actually taste more of the terpenes and oh, whatnot. The, the plate yeah, is hot, exactly. So it's pushing the, air it's pushing the back, and it kind of like reverses it, yeah. you know. So there's no other pen that does that because other pens are all just straight open air. Yeah, we hold a patent on that too. All these, right, we have over 16 patents that we just like any idea that we have, we first patent. Just the last year alone, we spent $300 just on patents, you know? So, like, there's no other company in the US or even in the world that does that, you know? You know, at the beginning, like, a lot of our competitors kind of laughed at us. They're like, oh, you guys are wasting your time. You guys don't know what you're doing. Where half of them are kind of our customers now because if they want to advance, they kind of have to infringe on one of our patents. So they're like, hey, like, could you help us out? And like I said, yeah, it's just better to come work with us and we could just develop it. We'll be your manufacturer. You never have to talk to China again. And they love that. I'm here with Crystal Newton, the president, CEO, owner, founder, president, president of Grow for Vets. How's it going, Crystal? It's going awesome. This is a great expo. We're out here. Is this here. your guys' first expo? Um, this is the Washington State's first expo. The reason why Grow for Vets has not been in Washington State is because it's illegal for us to distribute cannabis here. It's illegal to share cannabis. So I came in, Girl for Vets asked me to take over Washington because I have a legal background to see about overturning that law so that we can actually distribute cannabis. So is this as like a sort of co-op sort of setup or how does that work when you say you just go to conferences and find vets and you high volume sales? No, that Girl for Vets is great. It's simple. In every other state, they can obtain donations of cannabis and redistribute them to veterans. In Washington, it would be illegal for us to do that because you're not allowed to share. I can't Right, LCB's like no sharing. Don't share with the vets. So we are here to say that that's not right, and we want to change it. Um, we put together a huge conference expo um, in November, and um, it's actually for producer processors. We're giving them two booths so that they can come meet the business community, and um, we're. Yeah, we're actually doing both because it's illegal for me to operate like every other Girl for Vets chapter. Where are the other chapters? We have 13 states. There's California, Oregon, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, um, Maine, New York. Pretty much anywhere there's a medical program, it did started as a medical program. So is that weird being in a state that's supposed to be more progressive and having like rec that everyone can do it, but the way you guys are trying to do it specifically? Yes, the juxtaposition is remarkable that we've done the social change to make this legal and it's now more prohibitive than ever before. And it makes sense if you think about it. Once a regulatory committee got involved in the state, got involved, they said, this is a disaster. It's like when you keep five years of accounting paperwork and it's not organized. So the government came in and organized it, and where you used to be able to just pull random papers wherever you wanted, whenever you wanted, these new people that have come from the black market and now are legitimate business people, they're kind of going in like, hey, I used to be able to pull sheets whenever I wanted to, now I have to follow their rules, and the rules change. And it's like the government reorganizes the closet yeah, every that's week. Why I got into and the so we come back and, and like go, 
where is everything? And it's like, oh, we're keeping that in a file cabinet with a lock now. So fill this form out, and then you can have access to it. Right. And then they don't tell you. No, they're out of pens. They give you the form, but there's no way to fill it out. And if you fill it out, there's never a drop box. Is this the same thing they did back in the 20s with the Yes. You can have these, but there's no more screwing Yes. And should have some new moves. Like, come on, it's 2016. I am hoping that it didn't take as long with liquor because if you remember four or five years ago was when liquor was able to go and be left like it could be in a store I heard I'm that hoping it there was some large companies the, the that helped uh, write that specifically so that they could I don't know did you hear something yeah Costco I called them up and asked them and I got some very candid individual from the LCB that was like let me tell you all about how this went down Costco spent 20 million dollars and right. ran we them over. So do we just have to spend 25 million dollars and then they'll let us do whatever? Like it's all no, about the money at this I, point for the government. This was kind of cool no, because, uh, a lot of the organizations are actively uh, working on this. They, Portland, behind the scenes, they're having by, uh, one of my really, really good friends, tough uh, like, like a family discussion family yeah. about so, how do we be organized and speak and engage with the LCB and with yeah. all the regulators about what we legitimately need. And well, but exactly. Now, what they've come up with is we're going to make these changes, but the only way to get through is to use veterans because the veterans are the most pointed example well, the of people getting hurt example, by right? the rules. So, yeah, yeah. And so we need to demonstrate to them that people are yeah, getting hurt by the, the rules. Right now, and so they need to change. And they're so they're at, we're working with um, they're working with us and with 22 Too Many and a few other ones. Let's get these veterans out in front of the legislature. Let's get them talking because it's true. It, if you talk to two or more people with PTSD, you go, oh my gosh, something terrible is going wrong here. People are so broken, it's heartbreaking. No. No. We said, put your life on the line. Fight for us, come back, we'll take care of you. And no, pumping them full of pharmaceuticals is not working. People are getting more violent, they're getting broken. You shouldn't come back from this horrible war to a broken family and to a broken heart. And society, yeah. Yeah. And certainly, if there's an organization out there that's willing to step in and take care of them, certainly don't get in their way. That's what we're, so we're going to operate from now on under the Good Samaritan Law. And the Good Samaritan Law says that if you break a law in in the process of helping someone save their life, that you can't be charged criminally. And everyone that comes to go for vets is in crisis and fits that law. So I don't want to use a loophole, but they're forcing my hand. I'm not going to stop. If you can't do it any other way, we can all try. Right. I've even thought about employing drones. I was like, what if we did drone delivery? Is that technically my fault? I don't know. I'm like, I shouldn't have to get this quoted. Last call for those attending. The dollars and cents in the about to take place in five minutes in the speaker's area. This and they also tell, I tried to get it, I tried to get producer Bank processors to donate to me so they can give it for free. And, and their response, their verbatim response from the Department of Health and LCB was, we can't allow for donations within the system because we can't tax zero dollars. You can, it's That's just zero. It's, I know, they don't like the results of 37% of nothing. So that was actually, talk about being candid. Like, veteran or? like, I'm sorry, we can't help you help people. Yeah. It's yeah. not profitable. Can we, what they can told we me. quote you on that? Uh, every time I ask the LCB for something in writing, Nothing. deadpan silence. Nothing. I'm like, can you please put that in writing? Nope. Um, we'll let me get to back you. to you. Yeah, yeah, it's in the mail. I promise. Like, sure, you can do that. Every time I hear that, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I'm probably getting set up for something. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm gonna get in trouble. Mysterious white so powder like, on this message. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I just said, hey man, that's pretty. So, so these yeah, guys. So yeah, it's fun. 
And we're um, right now Monday. we're just trying they're to figure out, out how to help them grow they run that, and figure out a way to that, pay for it. Uh, aeroponics. So, so ideally, do you want and the they're down to grow for themselves, or do you want other people so people can actually come? Ideally, you want them to just make their own choice. Yes, but I encourage with every program I create, I encourage participation from the vet. I encourage them to. They need something. They need it as much as they need cannabis. In my eyes, that's how I see it. They need to be involved. They need to be talking regularly, engaging socially. PTSD will make you collapse inwards. So it's important for me to whatever program we do that they actually get to reach out and they get more than just a chemical healing, that they get a social healing. Well, it's a full. It's a full thing, right? Yeah. To have the psychological, physiological, and it, that kind of feeds yeah, itself. They're if not one is not healthy and the other, like, yeah, yeah. So we're just trying to involve them every well, step of cool. the way. When was the actual foundation founded? I like, believe... Like, what was the first state? It was, it was funded in Colorado okay. by Roger Martin, and uh, he is an ex-military, he's a veteran, but he's also ex-law enforcement, oh, cool. and the reason why he's so famous above every other veterans group is that he was the first to get a federal nonprofit, and he fought for that one. He got a nonprofit, so it's a 501c19 designated to servicing members of the U.S. military, and they give out cannabis to veterans that need it, and um, he's just vocally outspoken. Yeah. Anytime someone has told him, no, you can't give out free cannabis, he does it anyways, and he brings all the media and everything, and it's very it. strategic. Yeah, yeah. And so he goes, if you need to arrest me, I understand, and yeah. nobody's, they're like, I mean, he's ex-law enforcement, right, right. so they already have tremendous with respect. Leap? With what? Leap? Law enforcement against prohibition. I'm not sure. Okay, he's not big on making alliances with other organizations. He's sure, kind sure. Of like, I, mean, I just thought that like, one because they are all ex-law enforcement. In those that would be, that's a great resource. Yeah, they're really great people. They always have people come on our podcast to talk about when things are happening. Yeah. Because they're all Their credibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Them and the like, guy from Normal. Yeah. Everyone's call list. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he got here. So Colorado person. was the first state that this started in, and then it's branched out from there? Yeah. And it hasn't been in Washington until... Well, he found me because my I put on an event back in March that got blown up by the LCD, and it made national headlines. And um, so they reached out to me and said, we love what you're trying to do. Um, you want to hide behind us, basically. And I, I was like... And they're like, no, no, no. I don't know about hide. But like, we like your style. Yeah. We love what you're trying. I tried to do a cannabis 5K. It was called the um, Farewell to Prohibition 5K. And I got 5,800 people from the industry signed up to run. It's just to show that we're not all lazy, good for yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, three days before the event, the LCB showed up at the venue and said, if you have this thing and it goes forward, we're going to pull your liquor license. Wow. It was some gangster shit. <laughs> and um, so it was a famous cancellation, and obviously there's 5,800 people, so people just went nuts. Yeah. And the newspapers started calling, and and then it made national headlines. It made it so many. So did they back off? Did you guys end up? Well, I canceled or? it. Oh, okay. I canceled it because I wasn't going to be responsible for their alcohol sure. thing being sold or pulled. Um, but it wound up being great marketing, and everybody in the industry was super, super supportive. Yeah, like they said, you keep going, we'll show up at the next one. So we put it right before Veterans Day. And that's the one coming up. Here. Yeah, so oh, it's perfect. a big expo, it's a membership drive. The 5K tickets include the price of one veteran membership, so they sponsor a veteran. That's awesome. We did a golf tournament, three poker tournaments, and a concert with Damian Marley, so it makes a lot of shape. I've seen him many times in Montana. He's a big fan of Missoula. He's awesome. That guy's such a trip. He is. He'll just like go down and hang out with people too. Like yeah. All the locals and shit. He's a cool guy. I love everybody in this industry. I really wanted to create an expo that was affordable for producer processors. Yeah. And so that's what I did with that. But I'm trying to involve everybody from the industry. I want to give them something right. amazing in this event. I want to drive membership, but use that hole in legislation for this upcoming session to yeah. try to get that law overturned. That, that'll do the trick, I think. I hope. They can't, how I can hope. they say no? I mean, they can, but... 
I stopped using logic when thinking about the yeah, LCD. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't we, we went through the pan same out. Thing. And now a quick chat with CBD extracts. Uh, whole plant uh, extraction. From hemp? or From, from hemp. Okay. Yeah, from hemp only. Okay. And uh, But we have some of the... Uh, currently, we have about 179 strains that we're working on. Oh, wow. Uh, over... Uh, Let's see, between Kentucky, uh, Texas, and Colorado, uh, running into Florida here pretty soon, opening up, but Kentucky's just opened up. Are these just right. like acres of just outdoor hemp fields, basically? Like yeah, most of it is outdoor. There, there, is some, there is some large-scale, uh, like we have the big 24 by 60 greenhouses oh, cool. that we put out, and uh, we have a lot of those. So, so we're kind of extraction process. So are you guys actually BHO or are you just we we it down we, or we like what's we, the final we, we go through it all. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, currently, we're we're still we're still in the process of using uh, like butane, propane, okay. yeah, BHOs. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we we do uh, we do closed loop CO two, and we are moving off into that uh, with a Texas facility in operation next year. Uh, it'll be uh, completely CO two. You like that better than the BHO? I like the quality of the BHO better, right. but for commercial applications and, and uh, you know, to Just jump around the ocean, it's safety-wise for our employees, man, uh, you know, uh, let's do closed-loop <laughs> CO2. It doesn't blow up. Is that flammable. then getting further refined in like a the technology? Process, the or? technology's increasing so much that it, uh, after a while we're not even going to be using any other uh, substance to uh, extract it. It's all going to be done with air pressure. Oh, cool! So you know, nothing added. Yeah, what's <laughs> the everything end gained. Then is it an oil or is it's it an oil? Right, it, it's an oil, okay. and uh, we go ahead and, and distill the CBD off. Uh, we also pull CBDs, uh, CBN, CBGs, uh, the whole spectrum, full spectrum. CBCs, all that. Yeah, all of this. Cool. What did you do before this? I was a nurse for 24 years, oh, wow. and then uh, went to drive trucks in Iraq as a civilian contractor yep. and a combat truck driver, and uh, did that for a while. And came home and just so knocked out with the, you know, from getting blown up and shot at all year long. Uh, Did you have training for that, like previous military, or you just go in at, like... Just field? go in and then, you know, KBR after the physical and, and the vetting process and all that stuff, awesome. everything is good. And the prior military service in Vietnam didn't help, didn't oh, hurt, okay, so, yeah, yeah. you know, Definitely. so yeah, they, you're a truck driver? Yeah, you had that? Yeah, okay. You're Why aren't you still over here? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what was the interesting aspect, uh... When we went to Houston to have all the health tests done on us and vaccinations and everything, they uh, check your breathing space, how much uh, your tidal volume, lung capacity, everything. Well, mine was above the top five because I smoke cannabis, fucker. <laughs> uh, are you guys based you're here. in Washington, or are you guys based in... Uh, well, we're not really. We're, we're kind of floating around. Uh, okay. We don't have any base. I, I do the Texas headquarters right now. Okay, so and, you're uh, from Texas. You yeah, cool. and I uh, have a big ranch out in West Texas out there. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, uh, on the Pecos River, real sweet. Uh yeah. Trying to wake the people up and educate them a little bit better. Is there a lot of pushback there still? Texas is kind it, of... It's not pushback, it's just no state. knowledge. Yeah. Nobody okay. has a clue. So are they still, they're still of the, like, reefer madness belief, sort of? Or are they a little... Some of that's like, died past? down, okay. uh, probably with the current news, like CNN and sure. Sanjay Gupta and all that. Yeah, and that's helped. Staying informed. Uh, and they're reserving judgment, but most of most of the people are like just farmers and ranchers, right? Right. And they don't want to have anything to do with any hippie bullshit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. When she starts to kind of feel twitchy a little yeah. bit, they, they yeah. kind of feel it before the season comes. They do. Comes yeah, on. It's called an aurora. It's called an aurora. Oh really? Yeah. I, I didn't know See, that. I've I've had to hold those kids down in the emergency room as a nurse. Oh, wow. And so I I know personally how important this yeah. is. I've seen firsthand, man, Such get put it in their mouth, and they stop twitching. Yeah, yeah. I go, we do have other forms. We do have a uh, hundred milligram face cream. Oh, it's just incredible. All the all the it's topical. Yeah. All it's uh, the base is shea butter. Okay. And uh, all the ladies are raving about oh, it, you know. Uh, good Lord. Uh, I put it on my tattoo every once in a while, and it just for picks like the sun. colors up. Oh, for the, uh, you know, after the sun's faded it yeah, out and yep. stuff, I put it back Many on. It's like, shoot, already I got a new tattoo almost, you know. We're talking with Charlotte Green. She just gave a great 
chat over in the speaker's lounge about some upcoming conferences. And uh, you were talking with the Women Grow lady, mm -hmm. uh, Amy? Amy Caradotta. Amy Caradotta, awesome. Mm -hmm. So you guys mentioned, I kind of caught the tail end of it, that you guys were going to do some conferences coming up. Mm -hmm. And the main force behind that, you mentioned the Black Lives Matter and people having a hard time getting funding for mm -hmm. businesses. I know there were a couple of questions uh, about that. Mm -hmm. Is that what the conference is focusing on, or what is, what's kind of the overview of well, the overview of the conference is um, it's more of a celebration of the opportunities that are at hand. Right, so right. we always touch on four things. That's health slash medical marijuana, um, social justice, yep. advocacy, and entrepreneurship. So um, you heard the entrepreneurship. We just discussed access to capital right, right. Um, in communities of color and how people with records, knowing that people of color are disproportionately targeted. So if one third of black men go and go to prison in their lifetime that means one third of That's black men can't compete in cannabis exactly from so, hiring or having those businesses exactly themselves. and that's yeah. not okay no, it, not it's all. not okay so what we're doing is having these conferences and finding solutions to all of these awesome. problems so um, then we go over to health and we talk about the minority health disparity gap and the fact right. that for every one white baby that doesn't make it past their first year three black babies don't make it past their first all year a product of the way things have been going since this prohibition basically, exactly against minorities it's broken with homes with the mexican americans mm -hmm. and poor schooling it's just gone on from there. poor health care all right. of that stuff it's a societal so problem it's it not is. just a drug problem. it's not just a drug problem it's a drug problem at all and it's, so we're approaching it in a more holistic way instead of saying right. all right it's just about weed no it's about more than that yeah, so we yeah. always have a health panel where we have doctors come in um That's dr huge. rachel knox usually comes in and she talks about um, the seven deadliest illnesses that can be addressed by cannabis but aren't things like diabetes, um, high blood pressure, yes, definitely, um, and a number of illnesses that are rampant in communities of color where they can grow a plant and that would address it. So we're having those conversations. We're also um, working with teleconferencing companies. So in California, oh, cool. where that's legal, thing. yeah, we're actually having people come in and leave with their medical marijuana cards. See, we did that in Montana, not we, but there was a group going around, and that was one thing that got a lot of people looking at what's happening, at least in Montana specifically. They're trying to repeal it right now. This is the second time they've tried to do this. It's been an ongoing And is thing. that the and one caregiver per patient Thing. They they're just three. fighting tooth and nail. Yeah, yeah, and like everyone got letters, and I'm, I'm subscribed to a lot of these groups because I'm from there. Those are like, that's where I'm from, and these people are freaked out. They're like, we got these letters in the mail from the DHP or DPHSS saying like, if your provider already has three and you don't have your own house to grow in, you're, you're screwed, basically. And like, there's all these people just freaking out. They can't grow their own And that's the fucking thing. It's like, if you've ever met someone that really qualifies, one of these like serious illnesses, there's no way that they can grow weed. Growing weed is not easy. I lady that had MS and she was in uh, this home that they didn't allow smoking or anything, but they gave her her Ritalin and her fentanyl and her Dilaudid and she would just kind of throw that shit away and wait for the, the one day a week I could come by and pick her up with joints and we'd go drive around the block so she could <laughs> smoke and like just seeing that difference from how she was that whole week up to that one day where yeah. she got to smoke, she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go eat now." And mm -hmm. Different person. Yeah, and it's just like seeing that. It's it's disgusting how they're they're fighting it and then saying, "Well, you can just grow it yourself." Then it's like, it's no, like they no, can't. you can't. Like, have some fucking compassion. Yeah. That's how and I know you don't thing, know. Like, it, it's it's a lot of of that all happening. There, the veterans like, thing. Jobs, it's school money, it's it's drug addiction. There were studies about the opiate use and falls drastically. And maybe that so has crazy. something to do with why they're fighting to keep things as right. they are. They see that. the statistics. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you saw that article that had the graph of what yeah. happens when you... When you have of course, Big Pharma's like, fighting yeah, this. Yeah. Of course. And they're like, well, schedule two, and then Big Pharma can just have it. Yeah, and, pe and people don't know. Do. No, people don't know. They think it's good, though, because the Because it's less than like, one. Exactly. <laughs> because it's less than one, and this that's how we look at things. It's just basic on the surface. Like, 
lucky. So, um, we're working to address that. Um, with social justice, we are doing these expungement clinics. We're working with Marley Natural um, and like people in Oregon. That's where we're starting it out. If you have cannabis on your record, come to this event. You will leave with a clean record. That's cool. So we're working to um, to work around whatever is thrown at us. Yeah. We understand um, all of the things that need to be fixed aren't going to be fixed immediately. Right. So instead of waiting for them to decide that that you shouldn't need a million dollars to get a license for a dispensary, yeah. what other ways can we get into the well, business? Well, they want to do it like liquor licenses. And I know at least in Montana and certain counties, those things go for upwards of six, $700,000 because of its popularity. And they're like, well, there's only two. Like, there's only two because you made two. Like, print a third one. Print, like, control P that shit. What are you doing? <laughs> it's the tax stamp thing. Like, you can have it if you can have these stamps, but we, we're fresh out we're of stamps. We're out of stamps. We are out of stamps. That's terrible. So you guys are trying to basically just raise more awareness and make a scene that people can see this and be like, oh, it's not just a bunch of potheads. There's doctors. There's lawyers. There's business owners, investors. Yeah, former police. Absolutely. Yeah. We should all be fighting for this. Exactly. And we know that it takes you knowing someone or being right. personally touched by someone for you to get into it especially if you know as a black person I'm going to jail for this right. this is weed and that equals jail for me yeah, yeah. if anyone ever sees that's just what weed right. is to us to all of us so it takes me extending my hand and saying look I mean, yeah, they did end up charging me, and I am. <laughs> so it kind of does suck. But you can address your health with this. Right. Look at it for this light or in this light. So. So are you getting out of Alaska then? Like, kind of. I'm on to- bail. I mean, the case has been on for like a month, a year, and some odd months. We still haven't received um, like any of the discovery, any of the documents that you, show why oh, the police right? were given the warrants. Yeah, is it a violation of my did rights? They actually Hell charge, yeah! Though, or did they? They just did wreck and after destroy? they raided us twice after the new law set in, and after the second time, where when it's like a. F- PTSD like a motherfucker. Like, yeah, yeah, why yeah. would I ever have a gun held up to my face by the yeah. police? It's a horrible like, experience. What are we gonna do now? So you're going to just hang out in Washington and? Um, well, I've been traveling. I I get to call into court. So until they go ahead and sentence me to however many years they want to lynch me in public for making a fucking difference, yeah. then. Then um, it just oh, is what it is. So up until then, I'm just doing me. I'm doing my show, cool. moving all around, having the time of my life. That's good. Yeah. And I always ask people this because I always find it very interesting, like what they did before. Obviously, you we know what you did before you were a news anchor mm-hmm. uh, up in Alaska. What did you do before that? Um, before I was a news anchor? Yeah. Like you were just out of school? And yeah, immediately okay. out of school. I started working in the southeast region of the nation. Okay. And then my last job as an anchor called me back up to Alaska. That, and that's the one everyone will know you from. Yeah. The, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, I quit. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. That's it. Okay. Um, I became a journalist after seeing the um, Cash for Kids story out of Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, where the two judges had accepted kickbacks um, from a private juvenile jail. Um, oh, wow. In exchange for them just like sending kids. Filling seeds. Yeah. That sounds very reminiscent of the state prison system where they have a certain number of seats to occupy. Yeah. And, so these judges wow. took in more than with $2 million dollars personally. Yeah, with kids. And it had gone on for like seven years and it was wow. like thousands of kids um, affected. I met the, mo- the mom of one of the kids that killed himself. Oh, man. Um, and it was like, how could no one do anything? Yeah, like it's so blatant and it just continues to happen. But it takes people like shining a light on that. It does. Showing like, exactly. hey, you guys need to know that this is happening and this is not okay. Like as humans on this planet, this is not okay ever. Right. So um, oh. I, I knew I could be the person that would shine a light yeah, on yeah, it. And it, that's why I became a reporter. So when um, I was flown to Colorado and Washington to look into what Alaska would look like if we legalized, right. that's where I met the patients okay and this is i've been smoking weed for years and years um but to meet someone that was willing to risk their freedom like week after back surgery because 
because it helped them that much because it was saving their life and then I got back to Alaska and met patients that don't have the luxury of driving through Canada and so they're just dying yeah or having to figure out a way to grow it for themselves yeah we know that just doesn't happen the the tone on the internet is like Alaska is this kind of everyone grows their own weed and the government gives them money every year for the that sort of thing You know what I love is the fact that the media just acts as a megaphone for police. They just, we just get a press release and literally read it verbatim. Like, where's the the fucking journalism? Keep up. Their words and get it out first. So a press release is cut, copied, and pasted. But companies know that and they exploit that. And they're like, hey, we have this new product coming out. We'll write a press release, and every blog on the internet will rewrite it, basically, or copy and paste it. Yeah. And then they get their their message out. But this interstate thing, I mean, if you would have saw what the police did the second raid, like, they've never recovered more than one or two thousand bucks from the police because, no. We know you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> just no, just no. but what they did, because yeah. there was so little anything there, is they actually took um, all of our male shirts and put them in a box each and made an assembly line. What? Like, all of the... To make I think it, it look like To make it look like it was this huge operation. I put it on everything. That was... They called the reporters to the front, said, we're about to do the... Come uh, look at... Come, come and oh get... Oh, my God. Wow. That's like, we'll take it trash like, out for you. Oh, look at all this weed. Just all of this, like, boxes. Like, yeah. there's no way. Look at how we're saving you guys. No, from, from the weed. Yeah. Do you guys have more paranoia when you're smoking it in those states? In legal like, or non-legal states? In either or, just because of that whole vibe of, like, oh, we might get shot today. Because uh, of this I don't know if it's more like paranoia. It's just life. So I don't know your level okay, of paranoia, but I know that I could die. I know that police right, right. could kill me any day. That's just right. like something I accept because that's life. That's how shit is now. How did yeah. shit get that way? Um, our parents. They and weren't their doing parents. their jobs. No, their parents marched and did some shit. And yeah, the civil rights thing. Okay. Every generation has its own and war and has laughs. its own duty. The people calling us the entire, the next generation, the entitled generation, right, didn't right. do sh- like what was their contribution? Yeah. Did they stop Bush. any of the Gulf? Did they protest the Gulf? No. Did they do that? Did they sit outside like no, their parents did, saying we need peace? No. Or did they co-sign on everything the government did when they said there's a war on drugs? We need to go and tear yeah. down the hood. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, that's fine. We don't live there. Don't yeah, it's our parents' fucking fault. I just so, like attribute to the lesser of two evils over a long enough time span is just still as evil as what you would have started with the first time and then just multiplied by how many people there are and, and the, the greed obviously mm-hmm. that makes people do real shady shit. I just think it needs to be a constant fight. Yeah. That is always going to be fighting. Evil is always going to be fighting. It takes constant force of good right. to keep that at bay and keep fighting it back and we've been asleep so now all of us are fucked. We yeah. live in a police state. How do you come back for it? And fight against it, them. Yeah, but it's like so a huge war. to one side, it's hard to bring it back. And the longer we wait, yeah. the uglier it's going to be. But it's going planet, to be rectified. I'm looking for islands on the globe near the equator. Are they nice and neutral? Because yeah, I can nice don a Switzerland hoodie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Belize sounds good. It's, it's beautiful <laughs> this time of year out here. <laughs> Do you feel more at home and comfortable at these conferences surrounded by cannabis? I don't feel at home in Alaska. It's so racist. It sucks so bad there. Montana would be the same way. Yeah. So yeah. I feel amongst my people. It's it's, it's always better among we people. Yeah, We're yeah. just more open-minded. As opposed to even going to a bar and being like, like that whole vibe is just completely it's weird. different. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Now that I'm a weed person, it's like, yeah, why yeah. am I here? Yeah. <laughs> How have we gotten here? <laughs> what dates are the conferences coming up? Do you have off the top of your head? August 13th. That is the Detroit Cannabis Diversity Summit. Okay. Um, September 16th, that is when we're having the Vancouver Cannabis Diversity Summit, and we're still... Washington, not Canada. Vancouver. Washington. Canada. Oh, in Canada. Yeah, okay, yeah. Vancouver, Washington. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Vancouver, okay. Canada. Cool. So what are you doing other than that? 
besides um, conferences, just surviving until the court thing is done? Um, no, I have my talk show, Charlotte's mm-hmm. Place, focused on exploring the world of weed. Um, we reached 8 million plus in the last 28 days, more than 16 million since we that started. I know. Um, Andrew was saying, you know, there's not, you should probably put something on the slideshow because people are like, yeah, man, what a. So I can know. show they you. Don't know, man. So you can confirm it for this. <laughs> it's crazy, especially for for <laughs> cannabis, because yeah. you know how they went through and limited like everyone's reach. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like ours that for you're... this last week, seven hundred eighty-six thousand. All right, that's just the last seven. Why days. does all of your technology that has been <laughs> have giant cracks in it? What TSA happened? did the last one after losing my carry-on. Your... Like they forced me to check my carry-on. I never check it because they fuck my shit up. Yeah, no, because they just do. Computers. They just did, oh, wow. and. So they shattered my screen a week after I got it. And they just started punching it. (laughs) It probably did smell like weed, weed, you guys. (laughs) I got a live one here. And this, um, I'm just really bad with. I'm not into material things. It's just, does it work? Yes. When it stops working, I will buy another. This is like my fifth iPhone this year. Not yet. That's when I replace it. When the glass stops working. When we spill blood, it's time for a new one. Mm hmm. What but I'm uh, working you, on my talk show. Um, and that's internet? It's on the internet. No TV. Charlotgreen.com. Um, if anything, we'd be going to Netflix. So you'll probably oh, okay. be seeing us on there next year. So right now we're just kind of showing and proving. Um, Weed Maps tried to buy the show initially, and so did a couple of other entities. But it just, like, no, nope. no, they were going to try and, like, Fuck me. Yeah. All, they, they in like the like worst way. Control just like control over it, not give me as much as it's worth. And this is like Oprah weed stuff. Yeah. I, I can build you it can for it. I can right. go and lay the foundation and when I'm ready awesome. to take on more than that's what I'll do. So that and then my passion project is music. Really? Yeah. I sing a little bit and I rap. No, I rap too. Do you? You got my some stuff? My brother makes beats, yeah. I have Do you have a studio? I have a podcast studio. I do all this stuff. One of my friends has a studio, and so we go in there and we we record Who some stuff. Who uh, makes the beats? Yeah. He makes the beats, and really? he's like the best producer in Alaska. Oh, that's, awesome. mm-hmm. that's so cool. <laughs> this is one me and my brother did. My brother makes all the beats. He's more of a techno DJ, but I told him no one was going to buy that bullshit, so he better start making me hip hop beats. <laughs> Are you gonna spit over some of this? No, it's it's all. Oh, okay. (laughs) We can. (laughs) Really good. It's so fun. I love horns. I always get angry hands If you like, you like this is where where you need to be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast.